This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Before I begin, I would like to say that, you know, we each have the men that have decided to, to give part of this series, we each have our own box. And we're all trying to stay within that box. So this morning I'm going to try to stay in my box, and that is baptism of the Holy Spirit. So like it's been said before, I'm not going to answer all your questions about the Holy Spirit because, like I said, we're going to be in our own little boxes, and hopefully by the time we get done with this series... Uh, the questions that you might have or understandings that you didn't understand about the Holy Spirit, hopefully that will be answered by the end. And if it's not, you know, uh, come talk to one of us, and we will try to answer that the best you can, or we'll sit down and, and study together and try to find that answer. So with that being said, I kind of feel like I got lucky. Uh, I feel like Baptism of the Holy Spirit is a little bit easier than some of the other uh, topics that the other men are, are uh, going to tackle. And mainly, I don't feel like, not that God's Word is confusing, but you know, sometimes we can get mixed up in translation. But I feel like this is pretty easy to understand. Uh, and I'm probably going to repeat myself quite a few times when talking about it so that we, you know, you hear something, you hear it, and you hear it, and you hear it, you finally understand it. So hopefully that... Uh, you understand, and uh, we all understand by the time we get done with this. You know, there are some that think that the Holy Spirit still happens today, uh, that we can still attain it in some way. However, that's not what God's Word teaches. The first mention of Holy Spirit baptism in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 through 12, where John the Baptist talks about it. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And we can see parallel accounts of this in the other three Gospels as well. In Mark chapter 1, verse 7 through 8, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, <clears throat> and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And then John chapter 1, verse 33, And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost." All four apostles, all four gospels, give the same account about the Holy Spirit. 
they say John the Baptist said he would baptize with water, but there would be one that would come after him that would baptize with the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, Jesus, talking to the apostles, says, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Jesus is telling his apostles what John the Baptist promised about being baptized with the Holy Spirit is about to happen. So the Holy Spirit baptism was a promise from God that was going to be fulfilled. Let's read verses uh, 4 through 8 there in Acts chapter 1 to get a better idea of what's going on. Jesus and his apostles are assembled together. So when Jesus is talking, he's talking to his apostles. What he's saying is meant for his apostles. Here in verses 4 through 8. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the, of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So remember, the Holy Spirit was a promise. It was meant for Jesus' apostles so they would do the work of the Lord, like Matt talked about last week. It wasn't a commandment. The only commandment that we see here is where uh, Jesus is telling the apostles to stay in Jerusalem so that they can receive the Holy Spirit, so they can receive the promise from God that he promised Now that we've established that it was, a, uh, it was a promise, we need to look at when the promise happened, when it came reality. When, when did this happen? What evidence do we have the prom- that uh, this promise came true? And there are two instances in the Bible where we find, evident, uh, find evidence of Holy Spirit baptism. They're both in the bo- uh, book of Acts. The first is in Acts chapter 2, and the second one is in Acts chapter 10. Well, let's look at the first occurrence Here in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I remember this is the day of Pentecost. It's 50 days after Passover, after Jesus' crucifixion, and 10 days after Jesus ascended to heaven. So it's 10 days after Jesus told his apostles they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not long from now. So how do we know that this is the promise of Holy Spirit baptism that John and Jesus spoke about? Well, first, they're in Jerusalem, so they're in the right place at the right time. Remember, Jesus told them to stay in Jerusalem to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Then we have three miraculous events 
as evidence that it happened. There was a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. You know, two weeks ago when Zane was giving us the intro to this series, he gave a good definition of the Spirit and the Greek meaning. A current of air, breath, or a breeze. A current of air and a sound of a mighty rushing wind sound a lot similar to me. A lot alike. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. This was a sign to prove that this was from God and that they were being baptized with the Holy Spirit. The third miraculous event is a speaking in tongues. They were speaking in languages that they'd never studied before. Now, they were actual languages. It wasn't just gibberish, but it wasn't something that they had studied before. They didn't know these languages as far as how to really, you know, go talk to someone. You know, I, I could attempt to speak in Spanish because I've heard a little bit here and there, but I couldn't hold on a full conversation. These were all miraculous signs to prove that this was indeed the Holy Spirit. And along with that, we read that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine being one of the apostles that day? You're standing there, probably having a conversation with one of the other apostles. Maybe you're talking about how many fish you caught the day before, or whatever it might be. And then suddenly there's this mighty rushing wind that comes in, and, and you, you know they're thinking there for a second, like, what was that? <clears throat> Maybe they're a little bit anxious. And, and then they see what I would imagine is something that looks like a flame. It, it comes in. It divides among them, and it sits upon each of them. And what happened next had to be the most amazing feeling because it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I would think that that would you know, be something that would be calming and, and relax you and uh, just give you an overwhelming feeling. <clears throat> the best way I can think of to explain it is to say that they were consumed by fire. They were consumed by that flame. So it took over their bodies. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29 says, Our God is a consuming fire. You know, there are instances in the Bible where it talks about uh, God being revealed to mankind through fire or a fiery presence. So this would make sense then, because the promise of the Holy Spirit came from God. You know, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but those are my thoughts. So the apostles have now been filled with or baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they can speak and they can understand other languages. And you know, like Matt talked about last week, that was so that they could, could spread the word, so they could reach the uttermost parts of the world, just like Jesus said. But this is the first occurrence of Holy Spirit baptism. And it happened on the day of Pentecost. And I don't think that that is a coincidence either. There was a reason for that. If we were to keep on reading there in Acts chapter 2, we would see... Uh, how people reacted to the apostles and to their abilities to speak and hear different languages. You know, they didn't, the people couldn't really comprehend how it was happening or what was going on. And some of them thought they were drunk. And so in verse 14, Peter gets the crowd's attention. He tells them, look, we are not drunk. That's not what this is. And he begins to preach to them. And he says, you know, what's happening is what Joel the prophet spoke about. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 18, 
Peter says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids all will pour out, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. If you go and look at Joel 2, verse 28, Joel says the exact same thing that Peter's telling them. What he's telling them is, is this is what this is. This is what Joel talked about. He's saying this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he continues to preach to them about Jesus. Then in verse 33, he says, Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the, of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. Well, Peter tells them, Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of God. He's already ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand of his Father. So what happened at that point? Jesus then received the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he poured it out on us, which is what you now see and hear. All these things that you're seeing today, the cloven tongues of fire sitting on the apostles and the various languages that they're able to speak and understand, all this is happening because the promise that Jesus spoke about is coming true. It's being fulfilled. Jesus told them they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that has now happened. So remember, this all occurred on the day of Pentecost. But what else happened on the day of Pentecost? People heard the gospel for the very first time. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was preached for the very first time. And about 3,000 people were added on that day. That means that about 3,000 people were baptized into Christ that day, on the day of Pentecost. Well, do you know who was baptized? Well, no, we didn't know anybody back then. <laughs> but who was baptized? It was a bunch of Jews, and only Jews. There were no Gentiles that were baptized on that day. Christianity early on was exclusively reserved for Jews. And it wasn't until years later that we have the second occurrence of Holy Spirit. Remember what happened in Acts chapter 2. The power of the Holy Spirit comes, that mighty rushing wind. They're speaking in tongues. And then what happened? There were 3,000 people that were baptized. So what does that mean? It was okay for people to repent and be baptized. We find the second occurrence of Holy Spirit baptism in Acts chapter 10, uh, where Peter's told by God to go to the household of a man by the name of Cornelius, who's a Gentile, and so were the people in his household. Not only was Peter told to go to Cornelius, but Cornelius had, Cornelius had a vision from God that God told him to send for Peter. So Cornelius sends for Peter, and reluctantly, Peter goes to Cornelius' house. He didn't really understand why he was going, knowing that Cornelius was a Gentile. I'd imagine that was part of it. Uh, in verse 34, at this time, Peter's there. He's in Cornelius' household, and he begins to preach the gospel to those that were in the house. And just like he did on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 were baptized, uh, the end of verse 43, Peter says that through his name, whosoever believe in him shall receive remission for sins. 
Then in verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Well, who's hearing the word? The Gentiles, Cornelius and his household. Now look at what he says in verse 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Who's he talking about here? It says, they of the circumcision which believed. So he's talking about Peter and the Jews that, came, that went with him. Because they were circumcised, they've already believed, meaning they've already been baptized. And they were all amazed at what they'd just seen, what they'd just witnessed. The Holy Spirit was being poured out on the Gentiles. It was no longer, you know, they were Gentiles, they weren't Jews, so they were astonished by that. And it goes on to say in verse 46, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. This is the second and the last occurrence of Holy Spirit baptism. You know, if you look at the two of those, the first, I'm going to back up just a minute. I can get back to it. If you look at the two occurrences of this, you'll see that there was power of the Holy Spirit. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. And then it was okay for people to repent and be baptized. We'll get, that, get to that in just a second with Cornelius and his household. Now I need to play catch up again. Now before Cornelius ever became a Christian, he was able to speak in tongues. And we know this because Cornelius had just begun to hear the gospel message. Peter just talked about remission of sins. There we go. Now I'm where I need to be. Peter just talked about remission of sins. So he didn't know that he needed to be, uh, that he needed to repent and be baptized. He had just begun to hear the gospel message. Peter had yet spake these words when the Holy Spirit fell upon Cornelius and those in his household. And we, read that, we read that the Jews, including Peter, were amazed to see this happen and to hear them speak in tongues. Now, they know based on their experience at the day of Pentecost, or on the day of Pentecost, that the Gentiles in that house had just been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And how do we know that? Remember the first occurrence. The power of the Holy Spirit comes. They're speaking in tongues. Then it's okay for people to repent and be baptized. Now listen to the, the question Peter asked in verse 47. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Remember, no Gentile had ever been baptized before Peter... I'm sorry. They'd never been baptized before. And now Peter is asking his fellow Jewish Christian companions, can you see any reason why these Gentiles shouldn't be baptized in water? Now, I'm guessing no one disagreed because verse 48 says, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So what's the Bible telling us here? It's telling us that Cornelius was baptized by the Holy Spirit before he became a Christian 
And that was the sign to Peter and the Jews that it was okay with God to baptize Cornelius and his household in water. So the Spirit was poured out on Cornelius. He spoke in tongues, and that was specifically to convince Peter that baptizing Cornelius, a Gentile, was the correct thing to do. Now, how do we know that all this is true? How do we know that that was Peter's thought process? Acts chapter 11. It gives us Peter's account of all of it. And we'll skip down to verses 15 and 17. Uh, Peter's come back from Cornelius' house, and uh, the church is wondering, dude, what happened? (laughs) What were you doing? What made you think it was okay to baptize Gentiles? And here's Peter's answer to the church and the answer to how we know baptizing Cornelius was the right thing to do. First, he tells them that he went to Cornelius' house because God told him to go. And then he says this in Acts chapter 11, verse 15 through 17. And, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then... As God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? Well, Peter Peter says the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius just as as he did on us, the, the apostles, in the beginning on the day of Pentecost. Peter then says, I remember the word of the Lord who said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Which leads Peter to this conclusion of why he baptized the Gentiles here in verse 17. And this is a little different than what the King James has. I I kind of put it in the end of it there, there in my own words. Um, So just know that. If God gave them the same gift, the Holy Spirit, that that he gave us, uh, the Jews, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who was I to stand in God's way? Who was I to stand in God's way of doing what needed to be done, of what he wanted done? So God wanted this to happen, and Peter's the one God chose to deliver the message. And this is the last reference in Scripture to Holy Spirit baptism. And it happens when Peter is... Uh, giving the reasons why he baptized Cornelius in the household, in his household. And I know I've probably, I feel like I've repeated myself a lot. Like I said, I was going to do that so that we have a better understanding and kind of get it by the, the end here. But to sum it up, this is what we need to understand. Holy Spirit baptism was a promise. It was not a commandment. Water baptism was a commandment. The Spirit fell upon the apostles on the day of Pentecost to show that Jews were eligible to enter the kingdom of God. It was also for the apostles to receive the promise from God of power and knowledge, like Matt talked about last week. The Spirit fell upon Cornelius and his household to show that the Gentiles were eligible to enter the kingdom of God. That's the significance of Holy Spirit baptism. 
Holy Spirit baptism <clears throat> didn't save anyone. It wasn't for salvation. It wasn't to make a person a Christian. And in the sense that we have read about of Holy Spirit baptism, it isn't attainable today. We're not gonna, God's not going to send us somewhere and uh, to talk to someone that, that isn't a Christian and the Holy Spirit just following them and they're, they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's not going to happen. It's only happened twice. And Jesus is the only one that could do that. It's not going to happen again. Holy Spirit baptism was to show that God had opened the doors of his kingdom to two certain groups of people. First to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. Back then you were either a Jew or you were a Gentile. And so by doing that, God opened the door up, the doors to his kingdom to everyone, to everyone here. He's opened it up to David and Becky and Grandmom and to the sheriff and to the guy sitting on death row for murder, the person convicted of sex offense, to the Baptist preacher down the street, to Sean, to Jalen, to Landry, to Lane, to Travis, to my girls, Texie and Zealand one day, to everybody. Not just a couple of people. It's to everybody. Jack, if I were to give you a coupon to go eat to your favorite place, I don't know where that is, but if, if someone were to give you a coupon to that, would you use it? You would, wouldn't you? So would I. If somebody gave me a coupon to go to Outback or some steak place that I like, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that, and I'm going to go order, and I'm going to hand that in when it's time to pay for that. But you know what God's done for us? He's given us salvation for free. It's for free for us, to us. Because he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. If you want to make that analogy, Jesus was the coupon. It's already been paid for. All you have to do is receive it. You have to receive it. You have to be baptized for remission of sins in order to receive that salvation. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.